Welcome to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Now here's your Lighthouse Council host. Hi, welcome to The Beacon Podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. I'm Jeff Jowdy, your host for today's discussion on the profession of fundraising with a good friend and now mentor after a few encounters, Steve Rasmussen. Steve is uh, executive director of the Andrea Waite Carlton Family Foundation, where he has served for the last 18 years. And previously, Steve had a distinguished career in higher education advancement as well as admissions. He was the assistant to the president at his alma mater, Doan College, where he was responsible for three capital campaigns totaling $80 million. He served on three association of grant makers, a governor's community volunteerism commission, and many music performance boards. Steve received the Humanitarian Award for Volunteer Work at Men of Valor, a well-known prison ministry, an award from Governor Bill Richardson for years of chairing the New Mexico Community Volunteerism Commission, and the Alumni Builders Award for Lifetime Achievement for Doan College. And Steve and his wife, Minna, a retired elementary school teacher, are involved in prison ministry and in the spare time. And it sounds like our next podcast might have to involve some music. You might find Steve playing the tuba in a local community band. So welcome to the Beacon Podcast. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here, and thank you for asking me. Well, we had an encounter a few weeks ago where you spoke at a, at a panel, and uh, we had met previously, but I've always been aware of you and respected your work. And the advice that you gave that morning for the fundraising professionals I found to be very profound. And I was like, gosh, I wish I had known, had these thoughts shared with me decades earlier. Steve, what, what was that advice? What advice would you give to today's fundraising professionals? There probably are five key things. If I, if I would winnow it down to five that I would have paid attention when I was a fundraiser. And the first one would be simply take care of yourself first. When the flight attendants on airlines say, put your oxygen mask on first and then before you take care of somebody else. I think the rigors and the stress of fundraising sometimes leads to not looking inward. Am I getting enough rest? Am I reading enough about other things so I can be interesting not just to myself but to other people? Health is important and I think intellectual curiosity and health is important. Sometimes we don't pay attention to ourselves as much. So that would be the first one. Take care of yourself first. The second would be, I may have alluded to this first, but if you're not interesting to yourself, if you're not learning new things, how can you be interesting to other people? How can you transmit that, translate that? And one of my favorite sayings is from Mark Twain, who says, don't live life and conduct your work like an envelope without an address on it. <laughs> I love it. Have, have a purpose, have a meaning, mm-hmm. and, and have it just be such a shine from you that other people see that and they'll be drawn to you. Number three, I think, would be pay attention to what you know. People will pay attention to what you know. I think when others discover that you really care. My first few years in this profession, in this job, it was animal dignity, about 10% of what we gave away. Well, I grew up on a farm, but I didn't really know much about animals. So I went down to a chimp sanctuary where the person there said, if you're gonna fund us, you need to really know what these chimps are like. And when I went through these cages where these chimps were in Alamogordo, New Mexico, as I took a bowl of fruit in, these big hands would come out. And they didn't want the fruit, they simply wanted to touch my hand. 
and I remember the connection that was made to why the person for whom I work had such great sensitivity about these big animals, but I had to be there. And when she knew that I had taken time to go there and understand that, I think that she respected my opinion a little bit more. So people will pay attention to you when they know that you care. Fourth, my life has been improved by the quality of people that I've been around. You meet wonderful people in this profession. Donors, other fundraisers, and I think it was probably about in my 40s when I finally realized how important these people were in my life and what they were giving me. I have lots of stories, as most former fundraisers do, about who these people were, but one in particular was about Jane Goodall, the primatologist, UN Ambassador to Peace last year, and we were uh, snowbound together with about 15 other people in the Black Hills of South Dakota and and lost power, and all we had was this big fireplace and this, this lodge we were staying, and she made the rule that you couldn't come to the fireplace unless you brought something that would help other people's lives. What story could you tell or what could you offer wow. them? And so without social media, without anything else, we just had each other. And those two days, I found out a lot about why backstory is important. And finally, I would encourage your, your fundraiser listeners out there to create your personal board of directors. Who are the people out there that will tell you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear? I have a per, I've had a personal board of directors of as few as six and as many as 12. And I don't necessarily replace them if somebody passes on or somebody moves or moves out of my life. But I've always been uplifted by people who can lift me when I need that. Some are spiritual, some are ministers, some are just friends, some are professional colleagues. But I would encourage your listeners to have a personal board of directors. Wow. Well, that is five vital foundations that are, that are so important. And I, I do wish, and I recall again, hearing those for the first time a few weeks ago, and even today hearing them again just has my mind churning and, and really appreciate your sharing those. You've had a career initially in higher education, admissions, and fundraising, and now you've been on partnering with nonprofits and from a grantee perspective. When you think about fundraising itself, are there some things that you wish you knew in your, earlier in your career on the fundraising side, now that you've been on the, the giving side? Yes. I found the foundation side to be more, or occasionally more subjective than objective. When I was fundraising, I thought if I just write a good grant, it meets their guidelines, they're giving money to places like us, what else can there be? But giving is very subjective. Recently, we had a board member who said, I read not a very good article about a place we're thinking of giving to. And simply, we'd run out of programmatic money in that, that pot of money for this place. And they called up and said, we did everything right. What's wrong? So the old saying is, if you've met one foundation, you've met one foundation. Don't treat all foundations the same, because each of them have their own backstory. Secondly, I would say that I thought that making simple changes in a grant and maybe having a different contact would yield a different result. And it was a lesson in persistence because our need may not have been the best need for the timing of the foundation. I often tell our donors, you gotta have patience with us. You may have a great grant, but it may take the right time for that grant to come up when we're able to fund that. So I I didn't consider timing very well. Thirdly, as a fundraiser, I used to think, what will they fund? What what request can I give them that they will fund? We, and I think other foundations say, what is it you really need? 
And there was always a game that I felt I was playing before I finally figured it out. They really wanted to know what we needed. And I think that improved the quality of my ask and the grant. Lastly, I've mentioned this before, but I think foundations have a backstory, like individual donors. And I find that I didn't do enough background work and research on foundations. I looked at the foundation, got the address, submitted the grant, and I sometimes wish more of those who ask us for money would do that kind of research. Read our 990, find out what we've funded, and call and see if we're a fit. There's a little bit of a relationship that needs to occur, I think, with foundations so they know who, who you are and why you're asking. So I wish I would pay more attention to that. Thank you very much. And then you deal every year, I imagine, with dozens of fundraising professionals of various backgrounds and levels of experience. And with that in mind and thinking back to your days as a very successful fundraising professional, what would you say are the most important attributes, Steve, of a successful fundraising professional today? That's such a noble profession. I could talk about how much I love that profession for longer than the time we've got. I think about five things when I, when I think about fundraising professionals. These are all important, but real curiosity and willingness to learn are those high-performing fundraising people. That's what I notice. It's one of the best traits you can have because it helps you understand a donor's stories. I used to concentrate on how much money should I ask for, and I really needed to know what's their story and what do they want to tell me before we even get to the money. So curiosity is, is really number, number one, I think, for me. Closely, and the number one is the ability to build relationships. I'm not a person who uh, grew up in the age of social media for fundraising, so I can't speak at all to that. But I don't think anything takes the place of building a true relationship with somebody, understanding who they are, what's important to them. Even sometimes I find donors would tell me about their vulnerabilities. I think the older we get, the more attracted we are to people who are honest about what they don't do well. And I don't think fundraisers should be concerned about only appearing positive every time they're in front of somebody, because this is a very human-based thing. So, building relationship. Third, I would say, we're not born with a giving gene. We're not born to give. We're not born to volunteer, to do some of the things that all of us, our parents, have tried to teach us to do. It must be taught, it must be modeled. I remember my first capital campaign, the board chair of our development committee, we talked about everybody else and then he pointed at me and said, now, what are you going to give because your name needs to be on this list? And that was my first lesson with my personal board of directors that I need to model this. And it has been a, a wonderful thing in our lives because our lives have improved because of it. Fourthly, I would say, Make your donors conscious of the things they don't see. How can your mission add to the quality of their lives beyond the simple exchange of money? Jeff, I think you mentioned it earlier, but help them with your relationship in a transitional way, not simply a transactional way. I'm sure you talk to all your folks like this, but how can the fact that you spent a half an hour with them be the highlight of their day? I talked about this a little earlier. Some of these things are better done in person, not through the mail, not over the phone. And lastly, I would say, don't apologize for making the ask. There was people I would see four or five times a year, and maybe the right time to ask them was one out of those four or five times. And I suspect not everybody wants to be asked or to ask every time we see somebody. 
but instinctively, I think good fundraisers know when the time is right. Who else should be there? I had a little bit of an ego about this early on in my career before I realized that other people needed to be involved, and I was simply a conduit of good ideas. Not the originator of them, but trying to bring good ideas and people together. And if good fundraisers can understand that, that's one of the top traits I think good fundraisers have. That would be my list. Well, thank you. Steve, this has been wonderful. I have quickly realized that you're someone from whom I learn with every encounter. And with that, we are going to invite you back for some more wisdom and maybe a bit of tuba, uh, if you're willing. But thank you so much for being our guest today on the Beacon Podcast. Thank you for asking. I enjoyed it, and I hope your listeners did as well. Well, I I know they will, will love and cherish this. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Tune in every week for nonprofit topics with special guest interviews. Suggest future topics and learn more about upcoming podcast and guest at lighthousecouncil.com.